Welcome to the One Big Thought Podcast. This is a podcast where we discuss real ministry for the majority. I am Andy George, and as always, I want to thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. And I am joined again with Ken Hester. Hola. <laughs> hey. <laughs> this is the bilingual. This is the bilingual podcast. That's all I know. Uh, you got everybody kind of excited, like, oh, this is going to be translated. Nope. That's it. Sorry. That's all you got. And Jamie Buford. Hello. That's it. <laughs> Ken always has he does. creative he every does. week. It's different. How, how would and you say? And then I have to follow it. And then I have to follow it. <laughs> yeah, how I'll, am I supposed to I'll follow I'll start it? asking you first. Thank you. Why but does Ken always get to go first? How would Because he's on my right side. I'm just I'm kind of going. Oh, clockwise. Yeah. I'm going, I'm going <laughs> that way. So how would people in California I mean, say hello? It's counterclockwise, but we whatever. Would say, oh, <laughs> yeah. You just had to point that out. <laughs> we would say, um, <laughs> I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. We're losing it. What would, I know. It. What would we say in California? Tubular. Hang loose. Hang dudes. loose. Is that what you would say? <laughs> I wouldn't personally know. You've been Surf's out of California up. too long. Serves <laughs> up. Well, hey, we want to welcome everybody who are joining us right now on this amazing podcast called One Big Thought. And Ken, what, what do we want the good people to do? We want them to subscribe. Yep. We want them to like. We yep. want them to comment. Mm-hmm. And of course, we want them to share. Mm-hmm. Don't Very forget, true. five stars, people. Five, five stars. stars. There you go. <laughs> and we do appreciate all that. And we appreciate everybody listening. We got people listening. Uh, in fact, I just checked this the other day. We got multiple countries listening now. Whoa. Like lots of countries. So we do need translation. Well, possibly, but I'll. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We have people all over the place uh, stretching from here uh, into Russia. Wow. Yep. Into um, Europe, all different places in Europe, to yeah. South America. So if you're listening from any of those places, make sure you let us know. Yeah. yeah. Send us a drop comment. a comment. Yeah, drop yeah. a comment in there. But it is kind of neat to see that happening and people watching. And believe it or not, we are, we're basing out of Raleigh, Wake Forest, North Carolina, mm-hmm. but the most listeners right now are in San Jose, California. <gasps> Hello. By a lot. Wait, this is so, yeah. I'm from San Jose, California. So, so all you Except listening from San Jose, you all your friends, a request. <laughs> That's why, guys. It's well, there, on my now seats. that makes that makes total sense. See, my family's in West Virginia, and they don't have the internet it's yet. Not, so yeah, it's they not don't, the West Virginians. <laughs> they don't have the internet yet there. And so. I don't have any friends. So yeah, you know. San Jose, well, hey, yeah, a ton peeps. of people. So <laughs> listening down in San Jose, welcome. But uh, but we are excited about this. We love the opportunity to give you uh, literally one big thought. That is right. So guys, what is our one big thought for today? Oh, we're going to tackle strategy and stewardship, specifically Ooh. regarding generosity. Mm. All right. We just lost half mm. our listeners right Come now. Come on. Right? <laughs> no, listen. Come on. A lot of people listening are in ministry. You need to listen and lean in on this po- on this right. podcast because yeah. this is a conversation, wow, that it's so needed mm. and yeah. it's so difficult to sometimes navigate. So we're going to talk about strategy uh, and stewardship and giving and generosity as yeah, you said, so that's really yeah. Good. I think yeah. uh, one of the big things that you know people overlook when they talk about generosity is just the what, and not the why. No, like, yeah. this is this is what you should give to, or this is how you should give. Right? right? Like, make sure you go to whatever www.org slash give or text to give, but they don't give the why. They miss the heart. They yeah. miss the heart behind yeah. it. Yeah. And so, yeah, definitely we're going to hit some of that today too. Yeah. And, and yeah. as people in ministry, hopefully this will encourage you and maybe give you some tools to help with your ministry. And back to your why, Ken, one of the things I always say uh, about the why is I believe that when we give and give generously, we most reflect the heart of God in that. Mm-hmm. I think there's two areas, and I tell our church this all the time. I wish, as a pastor, there's two areas I wish people would really believe me in. 
right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff you can be <laughs> like, well, I don't <laughs> take know, you know, take it or leave it. But there's two things I wish people in churches would really believe me. One, that God blesses, mm-hmm. and when we give, God blesses. We don't bless. We don't give to bless, but we are blessed when we give. Right. Right. Uh, that's a true statement. Right. We're not doing it in order to. It's not name it and claim it, blab it right. and gra- grab it. Right? right. It's not that. It's not a prosperity movement. But when we give, we get blessed, and and we reflect God's heart. And then the other area is serving. Mm. Those two areas. I wish that's people right. would just trust me to say when God says, "Trust me in your giving." Right. Right. Trust me in that, and test Him in that. That we would actually trust Him and test Him. And I think we reflect God's heartbeat. So that's just that's just bonus material right there for today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, bonus part material. part of giving is worship. Yeah, right. And Absolutely. and again, in those two things that you just talk about, like we were created to worship, mm-hmm. and tithing, giving is part of worship. Yeah, yeah. So we were created to worship, and then we were commanded to serve. Yep. Like yeah. Jesus told us, go out and serve the nations. So like we're created for worship, and we're command we're created for worship by the Father. We're commanded to serve by the Son, mm-hmm. like, and we do it all through the Holy Spirit. It so, is so. Let's go. That's <laughs> such a great thing, Ken, because it is so tied to worship that in Scripture says that if you have something against your brother, leave your offering mm-hmm. at the altar mm-hmm. and go make amends. That's mm-hmm. how much part of worship our giving actually is. It's not just something we just do right. through a, through an app. By the way, if you want to give the crossroads, you can <laughs> <laughs> you can <laughs> simply text the number. We got that rhetoric down. We got that. But, you know, it's pretty important that our hearts are right. Yeah. And we're going to discuss a lot of strategy around how to lead through this. Right, guys. But before we jump into that, how do you guys think COVID has particularly um, impacted budgets potentially? Yeah. In every way. (laughs) (laughs) So as a, we're we're all on staff at a church and uh, I'm the, Ken, is it the cool thing to say senior pastor or lead pastor? I go lead pastor. I wonder that question too. Because I think sometimes when I say I'm a senior pastor, people think I'm a pastor for seniors. Yeah. Oh, it's true. I go. I I love our seniors. We have. I love our seniors at our church. But you could go. You you could go like the Ohio State University. You could go the pastor. I could do that. The (laughs) the all in caps the right. So mm, as a as a lead pastor of a of a pretty decent sized church with a budget roughly at around 5 million, I can tell you that the moment COVID hit, every pastor across the across America had the same mm. emotional feelings that I had. Oh, I bet. Yeah. What's going to happen? Yeah. I mean, I, I guarantee that. And it doesn't matter whether it's a church of five people or 10,000, 15,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The moment that things started to apparently shut down, yeah. and I get it, right? I get it. Listen, the church isn't closed. Sunday's not canceled. It right. just looks different. I I said that and I say that, but it doesn't right. that doesn't translate sometimes into your your psyche of like, oh dear God, we got bills to pay, we got yeah. yep. staff to pay, we got ministries to support, and what's gonna happen with our budget. So I guess I say that because I, I know what a lot of people are going through. And and so do you. You guys yeah. know that too. But I think as a lead pastor, you kind of feel that a little different. Like I feel personally responsible for you, Jamie, and your family and Ken and your family. Like I I feel that for our staff of around 50, 60 people yeah. that boy, if we don't if we don't keep our finances stewardship in line. So I think that there's a lot of emotion, there's a lot of weight that people are feeling in regarding all of the giving. But I think it caused us to look at staffing. Yeah. Uh and this is a good thing, by the way. Not, not. Luckily, so far at Crossroads, we've not had to let anybody go because right. of COVID. Yeah, right. I know a lot of churches are struggling. A lot of churches did furloughs and layoffs. 
A lot of churches are, are contemplating that. And trust me, that has come across our table multiple times. Where we're like, oh boy, you know, we got, it's kind of like living month to month. You got to mm-hmm. really look at it. But I think to answer the question, and then Ken, if you have anything, but to answer the question, I think what COVID has done is it, ca- it has caused churches to reevaluate staffing dollars and maybe repurpose staffing dollars. Mm-hmm. So for example, Ken, we brought you on. Uh, initially to uh, to do our online campus, and then it's morphed into connections and everything right. else. But I know that a lot of churches, as soon as COVID hit, immediately were trying to figure out how to become more online. Exactly. And like us as Crossroads, we've got, I'm going to use rough numbers, these aren't accurate, but 93.5% of our staff are for in-person programming and yeah. in-person mm-hmm. ministries, right. and maybe 6.5% were kind of geared for online well, what happened when literally overnight those numbers had a shift when we have a couple thousand people not coming in the door anymore? Right. We got 400 coming in the door. I mean, let's just be real. We're going to use real numbers. And double that yeah. online. Yeah. Uh, well, triple by, that. Yeah, probably triple that online. You know, we got, you know, tons of people online, not only watching live, but also throughout the week. Mm-hmm. And still with only six and a half percent of of our staffing trying to take care of that. So we have been making adjustments to beef that up. Yeah. Right. And so I think my answer to that question is that it probably has caused a lot of churches to repurpose dollars in their staffing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just be smarter about the dollars in your budget. So do you need the same amount of money allocated to X ministry that isn't meeting, hasn't met for nine months, probably won't meet mm-hmm. as they used yeah. to for another three to six to nine months, yeah. right? So even as things open up in different parts of the country, does that ministry, whatever it is that used to meet, that used to have a $10,000 budget or $1,000 budget, do they still need that money because they don't have 100 people or they don't have 20 right. people? They have two people. <laughs> right. yeah. And you go, okay, how do how do I re- adjust accordingly and make sure that the right money goes to the right place? Because I, I think, too, one mm-hmm. of the things that I've seen at Crossroads and a couple other churches is the last thing that they want to do is to let staff go mm-hmm. versus the first thing. Mm-hmm. So if you're adjusting your budget accordingly, then you're cutting the right thing, yeah. not the person. Yeah. Yep. And and that's really the heart of yeah. of the pastor, of yeah. the lead pastor <laughs> and saying, "All right, what is what is most important right now versus what is a budget line item?" And I think you have to guard against the feeling versus the reality. Mm. I know we have to deal with that not only with myself, but our staff, even our elders at time, where we have to we have to take a step back because we feel like everything's falling apart at times or we feel like we should be struggling financially. But when you take a step back, and this is only because of God, and I think because of the way Crossroads is a giving church, that God. So remember, I talked about giving and, and blessing. So we as a church, we give, you know, we tithe back to our missions department, we tithe and give into our city. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, giving, we're giving money out the door, and none of that has stopped. And I think God honors that. But the reality is, we actually ended in the black last year, Mm -hmm. which is huge, huge. And I thank God for that almost like literally every day. But emotionally, I don't feel like that's right. I feel Mm -hmm. like, no, that can't be right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel like we should be like really struggling. Yeah. And it's because of just everything's struggle right now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, and it's not easy and it's not as easy as before, 
But I guess I just warn people to guard your emotions versus the reality. Yeah. You know, uh, don't let your emotions get in the way of the reality of maybe what's happening. Yeah. I think too, as, as we, as we evaluate not only how you give and what you're giving to, but like you said, Jamie, the heart in it, how are you telling people mm-hmm. what they're giving to? Yeah, so the you, one of the things that I love about Crossroads and, and a lot of churches that do this well that haven't seen the the negative impact in their finances because they're regularly showing people what they're giving to, mm-hmm. what their partnerships, who they're partnered with within the within the organization, outside the organization, in the city, you know, not even directly connected to church world. You know, one of the things that you shared this past Sunday is over the last, you know, 30 years of our church, we've given back to the city of Raleigh over $4 million. Yeah. Last 12 years. So, or just 12, 12, years. 12 years. Wow, just 12 years. So not yeah. even 30 years, like 12 years. Yeah. So Just like, to the city of Raleigh. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that goes, and that's not that's not including the rest of our partnerships. Right. That's right. just to the city. Correct. So that now inspires people mm-hmm. to want to right. give more to the church. Mm-hmm. But if you're just telling people, give, 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 right. give, give, and you're not showing them where their money yeah. is going. That's a good mm-hmm. point then that may be where you're seeing yeah. your deficit, right? Get now. really good at, yeah. at storytelling. Mm-hmm. Get really good at storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. They want to know where they're sowing their money into. Yep. Um, okay. So as we continue in this season of COVID, what are some strategies that you guys could recommend or suggest as we navigate as leaders through this whole one big thought of giving mm-hmm. generosity and stewardship? Yeah. I'll kick it off again from the lead pastor heart point of view. This is a tricky one because I know as a lead pastor, you have the reality that we have a budget, like we have a budget, right? Right. Uh, we have a we have our budget broken down yearly. We we have it broken down monthly and weekly, and we know what we need to make in mm-hmm. order to make all of our ministries happen. So you're constantly wearing that and feeling that. And I know right now, everybody, whether you're a lead pastor or have a department that you're overseeing, you got a budget. You're constantly looking at. Mm-hmm. So I think again, you have to guard the um, the stress or the pressure of that and not come across very direct or blunt or harsh mm-hmm. because I think you have to deal with empathy this year more than ever before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it'd be easy for me as lead pastor to get up and just play. And that's all true, yeah, right? God has asked us to be generous, joyful givers. We should be giving. Yeah. We believe in the tithe. We believe that when we do that, God, God blesses. We can use all the scripture verses we want, mm-hmm. But you also got to remember that you're looking in the faces of people that may have lost their jobs this last year because of COVID, yep. or they might have medical bills, or they might be they might be so stressed that they're just not even leaving their house right, right, right. now. And so again, I think that the strategy behind it is do it empathetically. Mm-hmm. Don't don't get up there and just rip off all these you have tos. Yeah. Right. You you have to give, or you the Bible, says, or you should, or, or you yeah. should, which is true. You should give biblically. Like yeah. we believe in that. You should. It, it's a we get to, mm-hmm. and and here's where I understand where you're coming from, and I think that's a big, that's huge. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, a big part of that too is appreciation. Yep. So yeah, how how are you even thanking the people, whether they're first time givers, whether they're regular tithers, whether they're one-time but large gift givers, yeah. how are you showing appreciation to them? How are you building a relationship with them? How are you reaching out and in this time and to see what they need? Mm-hmm. Because they're the ones that are honestly 
more connected to your church than anybody else. They get the heart of your church so much that they want to give to it. Yeah. Mm. And if we're not connecting back to them and showing some appreciation, writing a card, you know, sending, you know, uh, uh, a text message, mm-hmm. meeting up for coffee if they're open for it, Zoom calling them, whatever it is. Like, uh, again, a first-time giver has the potential of being a regular recurring tither, mm-hmm. has a potential of being a large giver in the future. And But your direct connection with them, if you fail to have one, then they go, well, I guess you don't need my, my yeah. money, you know? And it's like, again, they're not giving out of the 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 expectation of getting something back they're giving because they they know that they should yeah but there is a level of appreciation just because i give my son a hug every day because i love him doesn't mean i don't appreciate when he gives me one back when he says i love you too daddy when he says you're my best friend you know those kinds of things like that's awesome of course he's three i'm not going to be his best friend probably in two years (laughs) but but you know those types of things is like i i appreciate that you know because it's recognized and everybody like likes to be recognized so so i guess a good practical thing is everybody who is leading a church or ministries to some degree should know the people who are giving now I'm not saying you should know maybe what they're giving or how much they're giving. That right. that depends on you and right. your board and how you how you're wired, you know. Um, but if you know those people, you know, thank them. You know, I mean, that's just an easy practical thing. You know, we can't hug anybody because of COVID, but right. you know, <laughs> you can at least thank them. You know, yeah. give them a card, whatever. And Jamie, I think I'll add one more thing to that, and I'll I'll share it as a real deal story from Crossroads. So this past Sunday, as of recording. Uh, I was out to lunch with my daughter, who is 16, going on 17, and so she came to church, and some of the students went to lunch afterwards, and so I get to go and be cool just because of proxy, and she needs me to pay for lunch, so <laughs> right, you know, exactly. so I'm like, I'm gonna buy lunch. I'm gonna, leave, I'm gonna sit with the cool teenagers. So, uh, so but there, but there were a bunch of leaders there, and uh, of course they were talking about student ministry, and we got a great student ministry. Well, I don't even know how we got on this topic, but we got on the topic of giving somehow. And uh, I asked a question about student ministry, and one of the leaders was like, "Yeah, well, I don't, I'm not sure." And maybe he just said, "No." He was like, "I'm not sure if we if we do giving in student ministry, like tithe or whatever." Mm. And uh, and then they followed up with, "You know, because I don't think they would have much money anyways," kind of mm. thing. Mm-hmm. And I kind of stopped, and it was kind of one of those lead pastor moments. And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, but listen, you're teaching them principles." Yeah. yeah. And I think that the point of that little little story is if nothing else, teach your church the principles of giving. Mm-hmm. Like right. teach them what does the, like actually let them know what the Bible says on giving. Yeah. Uh, how do we actually do that? And and the why, the why behind is also attached to that. So I think you got to teach it as well. So a practical thing for people listening who have the ability in all areas, kids ministry, students, mm-hmm. young adults, in classes, you know, in your church, uh, I don't think it's enough just to have a Dave Ramsey class. We have one, that's great. Mm-hmm. Right. But not there's not thousands of people in it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. there might be a few hundred that I've gone through in the last well, couple of years, which is great, but that's got to come from the pulpit out and yeah. the ministries out as well. And the, the earlier that you understand it, right, yeah. the, the the better off that you are. Yes. So yeah. as kids, as teenagers, as, you know, if I didn't understand tithing growing up, right. then I'm less likely to engage with it 
Yeah. Right. As an adult. I agree. Well, I think sometimes we have people come into our church. We just think that everybody's a mature grown Christian. Right. Yeah. Um, they don't, they don't know principles. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you can't just go be like, give me your money. You know, <laughs> and here's God. although we kind of want to do that. And on that note. <laughs> We're going to end on that note. Give me your money. Hey, thanks for listening. I think this is a great conversation. As we know, we're trying to keep these two, because this could have been an hour, two yeah. hour, three hour yeah. you know, session. We're keeping it to about a drive home, but hopefully you have enough there that helped you out. And listen, next podcast uh, coming next week, we're going to be talking about, I love this, Ken, you came up with this title, Engagement is the New Attendance. Ooh. So join us Come next on. Tuesday <laughs> for the next episode of One Big Thought. Thanks for listening, everybody.